If you would, we're going to turn in our Bibles here in just a moment uh, to uh, the Acts, book of Acts chapter 11. But I want to share uh, some thoughts with you before we read the scripture. Christmas songs are officially in full force. Any of y'all got Christmas songs turned on your radio? My wife, I, I got in my car this morning. Now, it's not my car. All of our, everything we have is ours together. But, you know, she has her designated car, and I have my designated car. So I got, we rode her designated car to Christiansburg last night, and, and all the way there, Q99 Christmas, all the way to Christiansburg, and all the way back. But getting my car this morning... My car always defaults to whatever's played on my phone, but on Sunday morning, I usually cut my phone off to listen to another gospel program, and so I switched it from the Bluetooth off on my phone, and I switched it to FM, and and then in my car, I started saying, I don't sound like the usual program, and then it says, Q99, and I thought, you switched my radio. She listens to Christmas music all year round. You know, nothing wrong with that, I don't guess. You know, that's what you like. But but Christmas songs are officially in full force. You turn on nearly every radio station is occupying airtime with some music. At least a good portion of their time is occupied with it. It's songs that are telling story about Christ's birth and the, their plight, the plight of Joseph and Mary. And then there's wholesome secular songs that you will listen to during Christmas time. And then there's that, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Okay, y'all ain't gonna do it, you know, you know. So we hear, we, 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 we all know those songs. They've been around forever, haven't they? I actually heard a new Christmas song, uh, yesterday by, of course it was a bluegrass group that put it out, but, but, uh, I, don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? Uh, songs like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. I hardly ever remember it snowing on Christmas. That sounds good, don't it? Where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I never heard a sleigh, especially one with bells on it. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. I don't write Christmas cards anymore. I just do it on Facebook. May your days be merry and bright and may all your Christmases be white. Or perhaps this one. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. We don't like them come and call unless they give us notice, do we, so we can clean the house. <laughs> it's the happiest season of all. We hear those songs, don't we? We sing along with them. I love it. Everybody's happy and well during Christmas, right? We've all had the perfect life all year long. It has been a wonderful year, hasn't it? Now we're all merry and we're all bright. Actually, that is not totally nor entirely true. You see, not to downplay the season that we're in, but I hope this morning to bring you to an awareness and an opportunity that lies before us as a church. Actually, statistics tell us that the holiday season, which reaches from Thanksgiving to Christmas, is one of the most depressing seasons of the year. Some of you all in this room this morning can relate to that. Medical, mental health records indicate that Americans suffer an increase of 64% 
in the means or in the way of anxiety and mental health issues between Thanksgiving and Christmas. There are a lot of people singing those songs. But they're living another life. People that are struggling right now, even though they're singing jingle bells. There are a lot of people that, that, that are having difficulty in, in the, the season that we, we're, we have entered into and, and it's nothing new. It's been going on. Here are a few things that impact people emotionally and mentally during the happiest season of the year. None of us are excluded from these things. None of us find ourselves uh, uh, out of their reach. There's increased obligations. There's dinners and parties and year-end goals that we've set, things we wanted to get done, and, 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 and all the hustle and bustle, and we become physically overwhelmed. A friend of mine and Sarah, uh, she, uh, she's posted a little devotion. We listen to her during the weekdays, during the week. She does a devotion every morning on a radio program. And, and this morning she made a post and, and in that post she was talking about all of the, the, the uh, hustle and bustle of Christmas and how we can get overwhelmed. And, and, <clears throat> and I responded to her post. A quote that Dr. Adrian Rogers uh, has has uh, verbalized so many, many times. He said, if Satan can't make you bad, he's satisfied with making you busy. You see, because when we get overwhelmed, it opens the doorway for other things to occur in our life. So it's not only being overwhelmed, the increase of obligations. There's also the extreme expectations that happen this time of year. We have to buy more toys. We have to get more gifts. Well, I bought that kind of gift last year. I gotta at least buy something that big this year, even though it costs more. Bigger gifts, more gifts. We have to share more gifts. Well, my third cousin, twice removed, give me a gift last year. I've gotta buy them something this year. My first husband's second ex-wife's cousin bought me one. I've gotta buy them a gift. And we just let this whole thing, this whole thing swells and it grows and it, and it increases and it, and it creates more pressure. There's extreme expectations this time of year. Then there's always the factor of trauma that we've experienced through the year. Maybe, maybe it's been some time ago, but it's still the trauma. Some trauma in, in part lingers in our lives forever. It's the loss of a loved one. It's a divorce. It's a division in the family. It's job loss. Maybe it's the medical diagnosis of, of you or a family member or the, the thoughts that they won't be here this time next year. Those things really weigh heavy on us. During this Christmas season. And then there's loneliness. Loneliness is a, is a, is a, loneliness is a, is a vicious culprit. Loneliness. People that have no family, they have no close friends, they could be in a nursing home, maybe they're just shut in their home, or maybe, maybe they have just lost touch with society and fellowship that's around them. Experts call all these things seasonal, Depressive disorders, SDD. Let's face it. Many times we do these things to ourselves. Some of the trauma, most of the trauma, we can't, we can't control. But many of the other things, we have done it to ourselves. It's, but it is real and it is happening all around us, even right now while we're gathered in this room this morning. I have a notion it's present in this room. This morning. I have an the extreme idea that it's going on in your neighbor's life. I have a feeling your co-workers are probably going through this. I have I have I have this notion that the perfect stranger that you may run into is battling. 
in this season. The world is full of people. And it's full of people seeking role models. All of us have role models whether we realize it or not. Your little boy is growing up to be just like you. Even if your little boy is grown, there's still certain influence. Your daughter is growing up to be like you, mom. We're, we, we have role models. There's, there's men in ministry that have been role models for me. I still have role models of ministry. I, I have role models in, 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 in different areas, in different facets of life. We all have role models. Everybody is looking for a role model. Whether you realize it or not, you are looking for a role model. And in a hurting time, in a hurting season, that season that we call the holidays, there are people hurting right now that needs a role model. One of the greatest role models that I can think of is a guy named Barnabas. And if you go to Acts chapter 11, we're going to read about uh, Barnabas uh, this morning. In Acts chapter 11, verse 19 and 26, through 26, it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. I want you to think about what this verse of Scripture says. That you have You have people that have been traumatized. They have just seen... A deacon of the church, Stephen, stoned to death. They witnessed that. They traveled to Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. They were looking for a place of escape. But when they looked for that place of escape, they spread the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, met men from Cyprus and Cyrus. Went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and they turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas. Barnabas, the role model. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw that the grace, what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and he found him. He brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. I want to share with you, if you would, the thought of a friend for Christmas. Now, who was this guy, Barnabas? Barnabas was called the son of, or is called the son of encouragement. Rightfully so. Barnabas knew how to inspire people. Now, we knew, or we know, or we think of the Apostle Paul as being the greatest evangelist and the, perhaps the greatest Christian witness of all time. Yet we find that Barnabas was able, if you would, to influence the Apostle Paul. He knew how to inspire people. He Barnabas served as a tremendous example of an individual who knew how to give courage and encouragement. He knew how to give hope and strengthen the hearts of people needing help. Let me tell you, if a world ever needs a Barnabas, it needs Barnabases right now. We live in a world and we're in a particular season in this world that people need someone to encourage them and to give them strength and to give them help. The world needs a friend for Christmas. And you and I can be that friend. People were apprehensive of Paul's mission and his motives. After all, this is the guy. Remember, they ran from the stoning of Stephen. 
and took abode in other, in other localities. But now they're facing Paul. They knew, listen, their mindset was they knew Paul was the guy that stood and held the cloaks of those that were stoning Stephen while they stoned him to death. He was, if you would, the leader or the influence in that stoning. And now this guy is there to preach to them. Wow. That's something to think about, isn't it? How, how would you like it if, 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 if a guy come along and and stone me to death, come in here violent and stone me to death as pastor. And then here uh, it is just a little while later, <coughs> he comes along and he wants to preach the gospel to you, the good news of Jesus. Wow. But he goes, Barnabas goes, and he was willing to stake his reputation as the encourager for the sake of Paul. He knew how to encourage the church leaders to accept Paul as one of their own. Barnabas could do so because he took the opportunity to look beyond Paul's surface. But Barnabas recognized that this was no longer, yes, this was Paul who had previously been Saul. This is Paul who had previously persecuted the saints. This was Paul that held the coats of those that stoned Stephen to death. Barnabas began and took that opportunity to see something different in Saul because he's been changed to Paul because he had a gravel road baptism on his way to Damascus, leaving him blind for three days. But there God changed this man's life. Barnabas saw that. And he took that opportunity to look beyond the surface of who Paul was and look beyond his past reputation and look into the depth of Paul's love and the determination that he now had for Jesus Christ. But how would Barnabas convey this into a bunch of people that were discouraged and frightful? A group of people that needed a friend. How would, how would Barnabas do this? Barnabas trusted the God, trusted his God for the ability to do that. It's just plain and simple. He trusted God for the ability to encourage and inspire others. I don't know that it was a natural trait for Barnabas. Perhaps it was, perhaps it wasn't. Many of you and, and oftentimes my own self and I'll just say, well, I can't go, I can't talk to this person. I don't have the words to say. I don't, I don't have anything. I, I don't really know that I have anything to offer somebody that's hurting. I don't know that I can do anything for somebody that's difficult. Sure, sure we do. Even though we might not think we do, we can be an encouragement to people that are suffering in this day. You and I, sometimes we may not, we may not have a, a message to preach. Actually, sometimes that's the last thing that somebody needs to hear is a message. But maybe they just need a hug as we were talking in life group. John, John was referring to his wife. John Jeek was referring to Millie as being a hugger and being a person that could embrace and bring encouragement to life. Maybe you just need a hug. Maybe, maybe you could just make that phone call. Maybe you could just send that text message. Maybe you could just write out that card and and mail it and sign your personal name to it maybe just maybe there's something that you could do to encourage someone during an uncertain time in their life and that's exactly what Barnabas did I believe he was inspired by God we 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 can make a lasting change in the hearts of other people when we allow the holy spirit to empower us and use us and he will use us in the most unlikely ways if we will yield ourselves to him sometimes it may just take that smile that i asked you to do a little bit earlier you know sometimes it it just may take that throwing up the hand and waving at somebody, even if you don't. You know, that's one thing I love about where we live. You can wave at people you don't know. You ever notice that? You, you go, you go to the, you go to the city. You know, you go to the city. Sarah's got a sister that's been living in the city for 30, 35 years or so, something like that. 
She lived in D.C. Now she lives in Charlotte, and she's all time telling. She put on. She posted a Thursday that Thursday morning. She said, "I'm heading to rural Southwest Virginia to visit my family." She's a city girl. She watches this. She knows we love her, but she's wacko. We tell her that all the time. Well, you should see some of the watch some of our home videos from Thursday, and you'll understand. You go to the city, you can you know, you go to the city and you walk by somebody that's perfect stranger, you don't know how they are, and you say, How are y'all doing today? Yeah. yeah, but right here where we're at, you can just look at somebody and smile. And you say, Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah. Or you say, Hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. You know, hope Merry Christmas. Whoever by my gracious, whoever thought about that. We live in a, we live in a time God can use us in even what seems like small and insignificant ways. God can use us to bless other people, especially in this season that need encourages. Barnabas drew his courage and his ability from the Lord. Who's, then listen, he can do that and you can do that and I can do that because the words and the promises of the Lord have been proven true. Throughout the eons of time, God is faithful to us if we will simply be faithful to him and we will use, allow him to use us. God will prove himself faithful. He's not going to let you go out on a limb and saw it off behind you. No, 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 no. If we will be the people that God has called us to be, if we will be Christians that God has called us to be, you know, it says that. Paul and Barnabas stayed there a year in Antioch teaching. And it says that after a year they were first called Christians. You see, they were only just called disciples, followers of Jesus up in that time, till that time. And then after a, after a year of this teaching and, and, and training and, and all of that, and I'm sure there was prayer and there was probably some worship services going on, but then they were first called Christians in Antioch. And you know, I've thought about this some with this message. I've always taught this and preached this. It's because that they went through the process of being discipled for a year now they're called Christians but maybe it's because they took what God has given them and they put it into action because the Bible says you will know they are Christians by their love one for another just perhaps just maybe a possibility maybe that all of a sudden these people in Antioch started displaying a love and an encouragement to one towards another that they had never had before and now they're called Christians. You see, God has called us to encourage and bless one another. So Barnabas trusted God's ability to encourage and to inspire others. He, he used Barnabas. Barnabas saw good in people. And do you know that, that the word good in itself you, you know, I know, I know that we're, we're, we're a little ways off. Some of y'all already. So, you know, pro- probably here in a few weeks, there'll be Valentine's hearts out in stores and Easter bunnies. Okay. You know, but we're, we're really, when it comes down to it, we're really not all that far from Easter when we're at Christmas. But, but you ever, you ever realize that Good Friday actually started out to be God Friday? There is a root connection between the word good and the word God. And, and, and Barnabas had for searching out the good and searching out something positive and searching out something in somebody's life to be an encouragement to them. He encouraged others to recognize the good in people. And, and acting as an advocate for the Apostle Paul, the early Christians learned from Barnabas how to focus on Paul's potential and not view him as the enemy anymore. You and I can have a godly influence on people's life to encourage them not to look at the 
unfortunate not to look at the bad circumstances, not to look at the traumatic circumstances, not to look at the circumstances that is causing them to be weighted down, not to look at the, the circumstances. I've got to buy more toys. I don't have money to buy toys. Uh, my credit card's maxed out. My checking account's broke. All those things that people go through at Christmas. Listen, God can use us if we will allow him to, to encourage people in the true meaning of Christmas. I read something the other day and I thought it was really good. And it said, if atheists really believe that there's not a God, why do they even talk about Christmas? Why do they even celebrate Christmas? And maybe some of them don't, but, but most, most, most people acknowledge Christmas in some form or fashion. If people don't believe in Jesus, how do they celebrate Christmas at all? Okay. You know, it is a season that we, listen, out of all the other seasons, think about this. If you, you may not like all the Christmas music, you may not like, you know, you, you hear it in the elevator, you hear it in the doctor's office, you hear it at Walmart, you hear it at Royal King, you hear it wherever you go, you're hearing Christmas music. But do you realize during this season of the year, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is being heard in every place and every nook and cranny that you go more than any other time of the year? That tells me that you and I have that opportunity as well. Because the world is open to hear the story and the message of Jesus. Barnabas was an encourager. He, he was, he, and he was able to influence people. And you and I in this season, we have the opportunity as we're a friend and being a friend at Christmas. It doesn't mean that you have to take a, a, a bushel basket of something over to somebody and give anything away. Just give away a smile. Just give away a kind word. Just give give away, you know, something uh, about Jesus to somebody and display His love to another person. Barnabas had great credibility in the eyes of the church. And the reason he had great credibility... I want to give you three reasons. The first thing is he dis- he displayed benevolence to all people. Barnabas, if you study his life, Barnabas ministered to every group of people that he came encountered with too. He didn't he didn't short anybody. He didn't shun anybody. He didn't slack anyone. He was kind to people regardless of their background. I think it's John Maxwell that Maybe that uh, is credited with the quote that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, man, the church, we've been doing real good at proclaiming Jesus saves and singing Jesus songs. And for a lot of years. And I love. But I love that one song that came out a number of years ago. You don't ever hear it anymore. You know, it's it's popularity has died off. But I still love that song. And I pray that song so, so very often. If we are the body, why aren't our hands reaching? If we are the body, why aren't, why aren't our feet going? If if we are the body of Christ, why are why are we not touching the lives of people? Remember that scripture. It says, "And you will know they are Christians by their love." And we don't have to be all things to all bodies, but certainly we can be some things to somebodies. We can be a friend, and we're in prime. Season to be a friend, a friend for Christmas. Barnabas, he displayed benevolence, no matter who they was. Second thing is, Barnabas, listen to this, Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit. Barnabas had got a big dose of the ghost, okay? Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit. He, he was indicating, that indicates, listen, that didn't, that, 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 that doesn't mean that he woke up speaking in tongues every morning. That's not what that necessarily means. But what it does mean is he had fully submitted himself 
to the Lord. He was full of the Spirit. And because he was fully submitted to the Lord, uh, God will do amazing things with, listen to me, it's not so important how high you shout, whether you can run the back of the pews or anything like that, how high you can jump. What's more important for you and I is how we walk when our feet are touching the ground. Are you with me? We can shout, oh Lord, I feel, I feel, I feel a mean preach coming on right now. Sarah tells me not to say I'm mean. I feel a mean preach come on. We, we can shout until we're hoarse and can't talk. We can, we can, we can do all of, we can do all of those things as Pentecostals. We can do all those things that are common, uh, that identify Pentecostals. They used to call it holy rollers, but they ain't no rolling much anymore. But if you want to, that's okay. But listen to me. But, but we can do all, if we do all of that, but we don't walk and display the love of Jesus Christ to a world that is hurting and a world that is dying and a world that is suffering, then we really haven't accomplished much other than working up a good sweat but there's a world that needs to be touched there's a world that needs to be changed and that world needs to be touched by us and that world listen listen it's it's not about it's not necessarily and worship is good i love what we do in this room but it's not what about what we do in this room as much as it is about what we do outside of this room because we listen some of you all know, and for those of you that don't know, I'll tell you. For about the last four years, I've been serving Rural King store over here as their chaplain. Okay? I go by once a week. I walk around. I talk to the employees to see how they're doing. I offer to pray with them if they need prayer. I do, I do all, you know the reason I do that? Uh, it's, it's actually a missions type work. And, and, and it's an extension of ministry right here in the Bluefield area community. But here's the deal. Do you realize that in the American workplace right now, according to statistics, in the American workplace, 90% of people working in the workforce of America are unsaved. 90%. Wow. What a missions field. You look around, those of you that are still working the public job, look around you and consider 9 out of 10 people that you're working with are not saved. What an opportunity. What an opportunity to speak Jesus to somebody. What an opportunity to say, smile and say, man, Heath, I know you've been going through some tough things. But I'm praying for you. I'm, you know, I'm in your corner. What, what a, what a time for you to, 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 where it's appropriate just to embrace somebody and to hug somebody and say, man, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I, I'm in your corner. I'm holding you. I got your back covered. What a great time to introduce somebody to Jesus. That's being a friend for Christmas. So Barnabas, full of, displayed benevolence to everybody. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And here's the third thing. Barnabas lived a life of consistent faith. God's called us to faithfulness. And in faithfulness, in incorporated in faithfulness, I find consistency. To some of us, we stumble and we fall. Absolutely. Follow me too long, you're, you're, I promise you, you're going to find that I, that I, I stumble and I fall and I'll falter falter in some way. I'll miss, I'll miss doing something or I'll miss being somewhere or, uh, you know, what, whatever it is. I, you know, you know, you don't find that, okay? But, but we have to be consistent. God is calling us to be consistent in our faith and so was Barnabas. Now in all that, I want you to know this, Barnabas, Understood mercy and grace. Barnabas knew how to give people second chances. Jesus was a specialty at that. Did you know that? Jesus not only gave second chances, but he gave third and he gave fourth chances. I'm not, I'm, I'm not necessarily advocating that, that, that we play games with God. I'm not, I'm not advocating that at all but understand this that Barnabas was known to give people second chances Jesus even more so Barnabas gave John Mark a second chance John Mark he had some he had some problems 
Paul says, nah, he said, John Mark is not going with us. And Barnabas actually had a dispute. If you're reading the King James Bible, it says it was no small matter. Barnabas had a dispute with Paul because Paul would not, was struggling with having forgiveness and compassion to John Mark. Paul was giving up on John Mark. Sometimes you and I are hasty to give up on people and give up on their circumstances. Let me tell you something. We are in a season right now that is an outstanding season. It is an outstanding opportunity to mend broken relationships. We're living in a season right now that is an outstanding opportunity to forgive people that you've already forgiven a half a dozen times. We're living in a season right now where it is it is amazingly convenient. And I, I use that word very loosely. But it is amazingly convenient for us to exercise mercy and grace and it be received. And on the flip side of that coin, we're also living in a season right now. This time of year. That it's easier for us. It's easy for, uh, easier for us to accept somebody else's reconciliation to us. Barnabas. He understood mercy and he understood grace. Maybe some ways better than Paul. Barnabas encouraged John Mark. John Mark brought us that written gospel of Mark. And later he would be restored to Paul. But it was because Barnabas had a great understanding of mercy and grace. I want you to know that today, if you would just be a friend to somebody for Christmas, that's a great gift that you can give. And it really doesn't cost you a whole lot. The man Barnabas described in five words. A friend to the hurting. That's Barnabas in five words. A friend to the hurting. A friend to the hurting. You and I can be a friend to the hurting. Now, Miss Dara back there, probably many, very few of you, if any of you other than Sarah and myself ever met her and, and, and she has served in in missions, and uh, and we have Rick and Latrissa here in the church. They've served in missions, and we know Whitney has worked through uh, worked in missions, and she's been uh, was stationed out of the country for uh, for a number of months. And 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 we see people going to other parts of the world to work this great work of missions. But I wanted to leave with you this morning the thought, if you would, or the insight that there is a missions world right in front of you. It's at work. It's at the ball game. It's at in your family. It's even right here in church. There's people all around us that are hurting, that are in need of a Barnabas. They need that role model. They need somebody to encourage them. And if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that means we're going to have to do it. I I'm, I have all the confidence in the world that that people experience visitations of the Holy Spirit. I have all the confidence in the world that people can open the Scripture and begin to read and and they can find themselves encouraged. But I also am very confident that because that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, that we are, as the Scripture says, we. We are epistles. The word written on our heart. And the word distributed into the lives of other people. It's a season that we can be a friend for Christmas. It's sort of a paradox, isn't it? It's a season of great joy. But also tremendous hurt. But hurt has always served as an opportunity for ministry. I want you to know that. If you if you say, I would love to minister to somebody, but I don't know who. Find somebody that's hurting really bad right now. There's your opportunity.
During these holidays, we are surrounded by it. Again, it may be your neighborhood, it may be your church, it may be at work, it could be in your family, but it may be a perfect stranger that you've never met before. Solomon prophetically spoke of a friend that is closer than a brother. That prophecy was fulfilled in the man Jesus Christ. But when we place our faith in Jesus, I want you to know this, whether you realize it or not, when we put our faith, our, our faith in Jesus, we become infused with His Spirit. There's no way you can be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the baptism of the Spirit, that is the subsequent baptism, and that's not what I'm talking about in this moment. But there's no way that you can be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, when you're saved because of the work of the Holy Spirit, then you and I are infused, if you would, with a manner of friendship. The Scripture explains it like this. John chapter 15. Jesus said this. He said, this is my command. Love each other as I've loved you. You see, we do real good with the Great Commission. The Great Commission is easy because it, 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 you know, most of us don't struggle with giving. Most of us don't struggle with sending. The Great Commission is not a problem. But here is, here is the Great Commandment. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Plural. If you are my friend, Jesus said this. If you are my friends, you are my friends if you do what I command. So Jesus is instructing us to love other people. Jesus is instructing us to be a friend. And what great, greater season could we be in again? I can't reiterate that enough. What greater season do we have to be a friend than in this season that we call the holidays? To be a Barnabas type believer. To be a Barnabas type worshiper. I like this. An unknown quote. I don't know who said this. I just run across it. It said a great friend is someone who steps in when everybody else abandons us. That's a great friend. So when somebody's all alone, be a friend for Christmas. It's still an elf on the shelf. We can be the friend to the end. Just be a friend to somebody for Christmas. I'd like for you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. Close your eyes. If you're in this room this morning and you've never been saved, it's a great opportunity for you to give your heart and your life to Jesus. If you're in this room and you've strayed far away from the fold, you're you're a prodigal, you've you've walked away from from where you once were with God, it's a great morning for restoration. If you're in this room and and you're one of the suffering people, you're a hurting hurting person this morning. Let me reassure you this, you're not alone. You're not weird, you're not strange. There's nothing wrong with you. But I do want to let you know this. There's the friend of Jesus in this room this morning. He's always available. But there's other people in this room that want to be your friend. We want to encourage you and uplift you. and We want to help you through life. Our slogan here at Voice of Praise Worship Center, our focus statement is that we are a family of believers doing life together. We're here just doing life together. I'd like to be your friend. So today, if any of, if you are, find yourself encompassed in any of that, 
I'd just like for you to slip up your hand with nobody looking around and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need to be saved. I need to be renewed. Uh, I need a friend today. If that's you in any capacity, just slip your hand up right now. No pressure. I'm not going to come get you. I'm not going to call you out by name or call, point you out. But if today you need, you need a friend, if that's you, just raise your hand right now. Say, pray for me. Thank you. Thank you for the number of hands that have gone up in this room. Here's what I want you to do. Those of you that raised your hand, I would like for us to come in close close proximity to pray. I, I, I want I want to very much respect your privacy and, and uh, respect your... Uh, openness in raising your hand but I'm going to give everybody in this room opportunity to, that can and will to come down here to this altar and we're going to pray one with another so would you come join me every person in this room that will especially you that raised your hand gather up closer to the front and we're going to pray for one another because I want to be your friend. And more important than me, Jesus is your friend. You do whether you realize it or not. And I'm going to go around and I'm going to pray with, with, I'm going to pray with different ones of you in this room today. But here's what I want you to do. The Bible tells us to pray for one another. And this is what I like for us to do. I would like for you to just, somebody may be close by you. You don't know what they're going through. Quite frankly, you don't absolutely have to know what they're going through. But just turn around and pray for the person next to you. And, and as we all pray together, and we'll, I'm just going to move through the crowd and pray with you guys. We're just believing for God to do some great things uh, in this place this morning. Amen. Amen. So let's just pray. Pray for one another. Fathers, I come to you. Lord, I pray for, uh, Lord, I pray for my church family. Lord, I just pray that you will bless and you will minister to them. Lord God, you've done so much. Lord God, in, in, uh, the Flint's life, Lord, this year. God, but Lord, I don't know what they're going through right now, but God, I know that you do. And Lord, if there's something that they're battling with, something they're contending with, God, I know that you are ministering in their lives, Lord. Lord, I pray for, for Joey and Mashonda. I know that they have went through, Lord, uh, losing loved ones, Lord. I know that right now they have loved ones that are sick. God, I pray that in this season that you would bring an encouragement into their life. Lord, let them know that we, Lord, are their friends. Lord, we are more than just friends. We are family together with them. God, support them, undergird them, uplift them, oh God. Minister to their needs, oh Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Jerry, and and I pray for Elaine, God. And I just pray that, that, Lord, that you will minister in their lives, Lord. Every need will be met, Lord, in this season that we're in right now, God. I pray, Lord, Lord, I pray for Derek and Bethany, Lord. I pray for for them, Lord, as uh, Bethany continues to carry their child. God, that your blessings will be upon them, God. And you will see them through, Lord. Lord, we know that you have... Brought them through, Lord, every obstacle, everything that they've ever faced. You have been faithful. God, and you're going to continue to bless them, Lord. Lord, I pray for the tickles today. God, that you will minister in their life, Lord God. God, I pray for strength, Lord, in their home and their family. Lord, in all that, Lord God, that they could possibly be facing, Lord. You are their strong tower. Lord, you are their mighty God. And I know that, Lord, you've always been faithful and you always will be. God, I just pray that today, Lord, that you will just continue to work and and minister, Lord. God, we speak encouragement, Lord God. We speak, Lord, God, life, Lord Jesus. We speak, Lord God, contentment, Lord Jesus. I just believe that today that you are working and you are ministering in in very special ways, Lord God. I pray for, Lord... Lord, I pray for this entire family, Lord. I know the boys are not in here, but God, I know that, that Lord, they're being ministered to as well, God. And you're just bringing encouragement, Lord, God. You're touching lives, Lord. God, you're, you're filling, Lord. You're filling void places, Lord, God. Lord, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just, God, bring encouragement, Lord, God. Bring, Lord, God. Lord, God, I pray that, Lord, God, that you will just Lord, speak your will, Lord God. 
I speak your will and your purpose into lives today, Jesus. God, I just pray that today that, Lord, as we worship you, Lord, you will just help us to, to love one another and help us to feel love. Help us to know we're loved. Help, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will heal, Lord, the wound, Lord, of death, Lord God. That you will heal, Lord, the emptiness, Lord, the loneliness, Lord God. And this entire family, God, that you will just, you will just minister, Lord. And Lord, let may this family know that, that Lord, that, that Lord, that as you, much as you are their friend, Lord God, we also are their friend. We are their family, Lord. We're here to minister. God, encourage Bowers. Lord, encourage him, Lord. Up, uplift him, Lord. God, today I'm, I'm praying and I'm believing, Lord Jesus. Lord, through all the hurt, all the pain, all the tragedy, God, that you are faithful, Lord God. Lord, and today, Lord, we're encouraging. Lord, you are ministering, Lord. You are working. God. Lord, may we know that you've never left us. Lord, we've never been forsaken, Lord. You're with us all the way, God. There is nothing that we will lack in our life, Lord. As we, Lord, are in this season of the year right now, may we always remember, may we realize, Lord, that you've never forsaken us. But God, you're always there. You're always there. We will lack nothing, Lord. We decree that over this room today. We will lack nothing in you. Lord, we may not, we may not have the abundance of, of Christmas gifts and, and finances that we want and things like that. But Lord, we will lack nothing that really matters. We will lack nothing in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm reminded of my, my friends saying, Lord, there's only one life and will soon be passed. And only those things done for Christ will last and last. So today, Lord, we put our hope, we put our confidence, and we gather all of our encouragement from you. And Lord, today, I pray, Lord, for each person in this room today, that we will be a friend to somebody in this season. Lord, open doorways of opportunity before us to be friends. Lord, let, let us be a friend to the stranger. Help us to be friends to those that are, Lord, that don't look like us. They don't smell like us. Don't even act like us. Help us to be a friend to the unfriendly. And Lord, may we display our faith in you by our love one towards another. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.